Three, two, one. Listening to the D-Bad Movement, and this is episode 18 of D-Bad, the Don't Be a Dickhead podcast. Welcome along. Mm. I'm John Gilbert. I'm Ian Thompson. And I'm Alex King. And today we're going to be talking about gigs. Not gigs. the adulterer footballer, but the, uh, <laughs> the act of going to see a live musical performance. Gigs of jigs. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? This is really resonated with the D-Bad community because they've come forward with lots of points and I think mm. we're going to have some controversy today because I'm not sure I agree with it all and wow. I'm certainly guilty of pretty much all of them. <laughs> so, Brilliant. So, I find myself... There's one that quite a few people have said that you can't really help, John. It's the being tall. I loved this. So we had, yeah, a comment from Emma Chloe um, tall people in front of small people at gigs it is so annoying especially in the middle of a gig when lanky Larry stands with his two pants right in front of me every time wow because we got John's show notes last night um, just to have a look over and to add anything ourselves and my favourite one on John's show notes was Dick Hedery I'm guilty of being tall which I just thought <laughs> was brilliant tall. I mean at least, you, at least you're willing to own up to it John yeah well I identified that as an issue before yeah. the community came forward. But then, the more I've read about it, John Butterfield, gigs, everyone's a dickhead because they are taller than me and I can't see anything. Lindsay Morrison, <laughs> tall people, as short people can't see. Right, I will vouch for that because it is quite frustrating when you're quite a small person and you, know, like, you, you can't see, but you can't really help being tall. I guess maybe just moving a bit to the back might help. Well, yeah, I, I think it'd be wonderful if everyone positioned themselves at, like yeah. in high order away from the stage, like a breaking wave towards the towards the band or something like that. I mean, it'd look really cool for the band. Everyone would be able to see the band's pictures where everyone holds up their phones or waves or flicks the bird or something like that. It'd just look superb because yeah. everyone would be perfectly lined up. And if people could only sort of... I mean, maybe that's going to be more... It's going to be easier with social distancing. Although, to be honest, with social distancing, with everyone, when, like, they come out onto the Wembley and they're like, hello, Wembley, and, like, the 15 people that can fit on the pitch at a two-metre distance just start clapping, <laughs> then at least they're all going to be able to see fine. This is true. Well, I, I don't think anybody's gone as far as to say being tall in and of itself makes you a dickhead. <laughs> but it does seem to at a gig. So what am I supposed to do? I mean, I suppose if you had good thigh muscles, you could squat slightly. I have um, squatted at um, gigs before, yeah. but then the people who stand in front of you and turn around and think what you're doing, they, they look like I'm about to hump them or something. They don't seem to like yeah. it. I, do, I mean, I've got to say, I don't particularly like it. I'm not especially small, but I'm not especially tall either. I'm, I'm just a very average man. But I don't like it when a tall person stands in front of me. But, I mean, obviously that's <laughs> less likely than, say, for Alex or John Butfield. Mm. <laughs> yeah. See, Nathan Major, he said, this annoys me even as a tall person. We lose nothing by standing further back. Selfish pricks. I mean, wow. no. Right? <laughs> I think Just you do no. lose something as well. So if I stand at the front of a big gig, right, at a festival or something, and I'm right at the front, that doesn't obscure your view of the stage. No. Right? What you need to do is not stand immediately behind me. Yeah. Maybe... You short asses should give us some distance. 
So long as we keep elevating stages, we don't have a problem. Yeah, this is this is one thing that slightly annoys me. Is I've often been at gigs where um, there's maybe a tall person in front of me, and so what I've done is I've just moved the crowd behind me back slightly, and I've left like a one one and a half meter gap between me and the tall person. All is fine, and I keep that gap there, and then a tall person fills that gap. Mm. Absolute dickhead. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'll tell you what, it's secondary tall people. Your initials, they're fine. They've got their position. They've said, look, I'm tall. I'm standing here. Get used to it. And everyone else has positioned themselves accordingly so they can see. Then your secondary talls move in. And your secondary talls are a nightmare because they just wade <laughs> in there, no care for anyone, and just think to themselves, do you know what? I'm tall. I'm here. And I don't care about you. That's what they say. Dickheads. If we could legislate against secondary tolls, maybe. Second generation tolls. It's new tallness, you know, like new and old money. It's new toll. That's your problem. <laughs> Those kind of tolls. Teenagers. That, tolls that troll around the West Hill villages, thinking they're all that, just because their dads are tall and they've inherited their toll. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do have a 14-year-old, six-foot-one child who... Mm. <laughs> He's going to be the king of the secondary tolls, I think, by the time he yeah. reaches his, his full potential. So you need uh, to teach him now. You need to teach him early. Always turn up early at a gig, son. You need to tell people where you're standing. Well, Nathan Major appears to be suggesting <laughs> we should stand at the back. Now, that nah. works to a point if you're at a gig that, I don't know, has got like a 50, 100 capacity. But most gigs I go to have got thousands of people there. I don't think I'd be like, anyway, guys, you go and enjoy yourselves. I'm going to go and stand at the back. The only yeah, one time I've done that is I went to a gig at the Sheffield Arena. I went to see Biffy Clyro and I was incredibly ill. And then I was quite happy to stand at the back because it was nearest the toilets in case I needed to go for emergency purposes. <laughs> Once again, we've got an episode where I have like overshared a story about my back. What, and what if you're tall and slightly short-sighted so you can't see the stage from the back? Hmm. Well, do you even need to see it at all? I mean, all you see it is people playing instruments. Me and Jack, my friend Jack, we paid like, I don't know, like whatever it was, under a quid or something like that each for a ticket to see Billy Joel at Wembley Arena a few years ago. I could see absolutely fine, but my friend Jack has got very bad eyesight and we were sat about as far away from the stage as you could get because we were sat in the opposite end stand quite near the top. Now, it was still a great view because from anywhere in Wembley you get a good view of stuff, don't you? Even the big screens he couldn't see. The big screens were just a blur of colour. So he said, I might as well be sat at home in the dark listening to this. <laughs> um, yeah, he got absolutely Aww. nothing out of it. But there we go. Don't oh, him. I've got some terrible stories about Jack that'll come out in future episodes. <laughs> the other thing that seems to have really annoyed the community is, is phones. Yeah. People mm. who spend gigs on their phones rather than focusing on seeing the act that they are paid good money for. Gary, Be Gary Pearson, well, I would say a brownie firm, but he's now of D-Bad firm. Yeah. Has said, well, he said phones in both cases. I'll let you work it out right now. He doesn't mean a phone has two cases. I think he's referring to an upcoming episode that we have about driving. Right. But he has invited us to let out. So what do we think might be annoying Gary when it comes to phones at gigs. The fact that nobody rings him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, lack of mates. My <laughs> issue with phones... Actually, there's two issues with phones, you know, that Gary might mean. My issue is people who use them all the time. 
Now, I appreciate it's nice to have a memory of what's going on and maybe like, you know, when they sing the chorus of Mr. Brightside or um, when, yeah. you know, mm. the Hotel California solo starts um, or whatever, then you may well hold up your phone and film a bit of it and that's fine. And you might get a few photos, you might get a selfie where you look away from the stage and take a picture with the stage in the background. That's all fine. I'm down with that. But then put your phone away and actually enjoy it and try and remember. Because as well as the picture, you want to remember surely like the sights and the sounds and how crushed in you were and the people around you and the smells and everything like that of the and gig. the back of a tall person's head. And the back of a tall person's head. And, <laughs> and you, you know, you might need to keep an eye on where his nits are jumping. And so all stuff like that, you want to be able to remember that as well. And you can't remember that from a phone. You've got, you, you, you've got to sort of like take that in drink it in so there's one of the things the other thing that might be annoying Gary Pearson is and this is really annoying and this is annoying not especially for people who are at gigs it's more annoying for the person who isn't at the gig when someone rings you and goes they're playing it they're playing it and just yeah. holds their phone up and you're there on the other end of the phone like I don't know babysitting or trying to get to sleep or something you're like yeah I can't it, it's too loud I can't are you still there, is, are there? and they're just like ah! holding the phone up in the air and dancing around really <laughs> drunk and playing you, I don't know, whatever, some absolute banger of an anthem at the gig that you wish you were at. And you can't hear the thing, you can't hear them, and the only thing to do is just put the phone down on them. Yeah. <laughs> wish you were That's here. That's the only option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I encountered a group of vigilantes who were trying to put a stop to this once. It was at the Warehouse Project in Manchester, and we went to see The Prodigy, and... At the time, I've, I misdiagnosed these guys as nothing but organised criminal scum. But now, having listened to you there, I realise that they were on the side of people merely trying to improve their gig experiences. Because I remember going through a crowd of people and I caught a guy with his hand in my pocket trying to take my phone. I grabbed his hand like that and it was so loud, I couldn't hear anything. I gave him a good seeing to and a good telling off. I don't know how much he could hear about it. Um, and then I had to let him go. And people have said to me, what, what, you let him go? And I'm like, well, what did you want me to spend the rest of the gig trying to wrestle a man to the police for trying to steal from me? And then I made my way to the front of the Prodigy gig um, and I did the, the selfie figure, the filming, when they were singing yeah. Breathe or Firestarter or something like that, I can't remember. Had my phone knocked out of my hand somewhere in the circle pit. So then I spent a bit of time like, on my hands and knees. And do you know what? I found my phone and I got Brilliant. it back. And then I made it back to where my friends were at the back of the concert, where all the tall people should be, um, and to see that uh, Sally was there. And I went, oh, I've got my phone back. And then she was, like, absolutely furious. And she went, somebody's stolen mine. <laughs> so as we were leaving the gig, and this, this kind of spoiled the gig because that's all Sally wanted to talk about was how somebody's stolen her phone. As you can imagine, she wasn't dramatic at all about it. <laughs> but we were walking past one of these, like, portable temporary police unit things. And they, then they saw in there that they'd arrested all these guys and we could see that they had phones all taped up on the inside of their body. And Sally saw on this table something that looked like her phone and then popped her head and said, excuse me, can you open that's my phone? And then they could see on the screen lock that it was hers. But they said, we can't give you it now because it's evidence, but if you come back to the police station the next day, you c we can get it. So she got her phone back, happened to mention to the police, oh, actually, my husband caught one of the men trying to steal one. So suddenly all the police wanted to speak to me. Could you describe this man? And I was just like, no, I'm not even sure it was a man. I think he had one head. I was thinking, there was no way that I'm giving evidence against these guys. 
and I was very pissed at the time. So I couldn't really remember what he looked like anyway, or what his hand felt like. But at the time, I thought they were scum. And now I realise actually all they were trying to do was fight on the side of people like Gary Pearson and his mm. multiple problems with phones at gigs. Absolutely. How many phones had they had? Well, a lot. It was a, it was an organised operation. And you get, yeah. as a victim of crime, you get a letter that says something like, yes, they went to prison. They seem to, I think they went for quite a long time, actually. I remember being shocked. It was like, it's not five years or something. Wow. It seems like a lot. <laughs> but it was an organised crime rig, so, so yes. Um, I think they'll be out now. Maybe they've found some other way of focusing their energy to improve the gig experience. All right, so we've had a comment from Strachan Bolton, and she said, people who talk loudly through gigs and then look at you as if you are a C-word when you tell them to shut up. Wow, that's angry, isn't it? That is angry, that is. I mean, the gigs that I've been to have been quite loud, so I don't know if I'd be able to hear. Because that's even someone talking at a gig. I don't know if you can... if. Obviously depends where you are. If if you're like a, a theatre gig or something like that where someone's um, you know, I don't know, just them and a piano or something like that and you kinda of, it's more of like a concert mm. almost, then yeah, that'd be quite annoying. But at like a big like a big arena gig or something like that, I mean it's unlikely you're gonna hear too many people talking unless they're shouting. I remember we went to see uh, Justin Timberlake's Justified tour, uh, back mm. in the day, uh, which was excellent. And um it was basically just me uh, and um, loads and loads of girls. And not who, like, in the entire arena. There wasn't that many guys there. But around us were just loads and loads of, um, uh, like, teenage girls absolutely screaming their heads off. And that got really annoying. Really annoying. We did ask what them were you to doing? be quiet eventually. What? What were you doing? What was I doing what to cause do the screaming? <laughs> <laughs> Very little. I, I, I don't think any of the screaming was directed at me. Oh, good. Jenny Harrison has said, gigs, people who mosh without the mosh etiquette at gigs that shouldn't have a mosh pit. Wow, mosh, mosh etiquette, okay. Yeah. What is mosh etiquette? Well, well, mosh, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't call it a mosh pit either. I'd call it a circle pit. I don't know if there is okay. a difference. It might just be the circle you run around in circles and mosh. Isn't it a mosh pit? Everyone just jumps up and down, like straight up and down. You all just like bang into each other. Yeah, whereas a circle pit, you're like running across the circle Uh, or people are going round the circle and things like that. What I like about circle pit is you can choose to be a part of that or not. So there's plenty of warning. And then what you do is, if you've ever done it, I have, and you just just run full pelt at a stranger knowing it's going to hurt you both. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, it's just the ultimate act of dickheadery on yourself and, and on them. I've seen some fantastic ones. Where there's a mosh pit, you're right. It's just, the thing is, you can't vote out of the mosh pit. If you're near the front, everybody just starts Oh, if you get stuck in one, you But there is an etiquette around that. Yeah, so that's one of the things of the etiquette. If somebody's not enjoying it, you let them out, right? So you help yeah. each other. My, I've been in so many mosh pits, and I've particularly my brother, who manages to get knocked over at the slightest incident i've picked him up so many times and in fact once at a gig i stopped a mosh pit it wasn't a massive gig there was a few hundred there rather than a few thousand because it had got out of hand and people couldn't get back up again so i kind of being big so it's why you want a tall person at the front of a concert because i was able there to get go. attention so guys 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 just pack it in just 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 wait 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 everybody behaved themselves at that point because they realized somebody was going to get hurt we all backed off let the people that were on the floor, get up, dust themselves down and carry on. Now, this is not the first humble brag that I'm probably going to tell on this podcast. There followed a chant pointing at me going, 
legend, legend, legend. <laughs> so my, I mean, I was the oldest person there and probably one of the tallest as well, but I took charge of that situation. So nobody got hurt. I mean, it's quite geeky, but it worked. Could I suggest that maybe the circle pits and mosh pits move to the back with the tall people? <laughs> And then you, you guys can nicely. all have fun at the back, the tall people can police it, and us <laughs> mediums and smallies can just enjoy the gig. But we do need yeah. to introduce this with a comm strategy. It's a bit like when they brought the smoking ban in. It wasn't just like the next day you can't do it and that was a surprise for everybody. Because what I don't want yeah. them to do is go to a gig with an upset stomach, as I did before, hang at the back thinking I'm in safety, reach a critical point of stomach cramps and then end up in a circle pit where I'm just like yeah. defecating over everybody there. Because yeah. that is not etiquette. You doubled over, you can't see because you're smaller than you would be normally and there's just tall people around you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden someone comes, hits you from the side in the circle pit, you fall on the floor and shit yourself. Yeah, and then I go, oh, I've shit myself. And somebody turns up and goes, shh, stop talking so loudly. We're trying to enjoy the gig. Yeah. I was once up. at the very front of um, Kingmaker gig. Kingmaker were banned from like the um, early to midnight, or well, not early 90s, mid 90s, mid to mid to late nineties probably. And they were from Hull, but they were big. Uh, I was at one of their gigs once at Hull University and I was right at the very front. So I was probably even further forward than the mosh pit because you tend to get people pressed up against the barrier, don't you? Then you get the mosh pit and things. And I was pressed up against the barrier and, um, and I was pressed up against the barrier for the entire gig. I don't know why I'd got there early. So I just happened to be at the front and everyone was sort of pushing from behind. And so I was just sort of like pushed into the barrier. And to be honest, it was fine. It didn't really bother me. What I didn't realize until the very end is I wasn't getting a whole lot of oxygen at the front there. And, um, and so I'd, my body had just learned to live off far less oxygen. I think, you know, in the, in the hour, hour and a half of that gig, I'd evolved. Um, and and then, then the gig finished and the, the main lights came on and all the crowd pushed back. And for the first time in, in, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour, I got a full breath of air and I breathed in and suddenly I, just, I went really, really dizzy and thought, oh, God, I think I'm going to pass out here. Um, and I turned round and then that was it, everything blacked out. And then when I came round, there was, um, there was this girl there who'd caught me as I fell and she'd like struggled with me and um, and had like held me up. And she was like, you all right, you okay? I was like, uh, and I was really groggy, just sort of like looking around, like go, what's going on? And I hadn't even been drinking. She goes, I think you're a bit drunk, baby. I was like, no, no, no. And uh, she was being really nice about it and just trying to help me. And then I remember, because I was a bit groggy, I was just like, right. And then just pushed her out of the way and walked off. Uh, and I felt really bad. And then about 10 minutes later, I realized what had happened. And I sort of came to my senses and I spent the next about hour walking around all the pubs and things like that and the bars in Hull Uni trying to find her to say, like, I'm really sorry about that. Thanks very much. Never found her. So if you're listening, you mystery girl, then thanks ever so much. Yeah, Ian apologises for his dickheadery. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was inadvertent dickheadery. Yes, exactly. I hadn't fully evolved. I'd got to the point where you can live off less oxygen, but I hadn't reached the point where you're polite whilst living off less oxygen. <laughs> so. In advance of this, I got thinking about going to... I go to a lot of gigs, mainly like rock gigs, um, and I just thought there were so many acts of dickheadery that I'm guilty of. <laughs> and I was surprised one that didn't come up, which was just like singing along really loudly to every single song. 
so that you can't even hear the singer properly. That is definitely something I'm guilty of. Because I can't sing very well, but I can sing very loud. Yeah, so so it's like it's that it's like that thing about the talking, isn't it? If you're just going to sort of like mumble along and enjoy it and sing and maybe mouth along a bit, that's fine. But when you're trying to be heard, like the band might say, oh, "Wow, mate, you're great, come up on stage with us," and you're just like screaming every word out, I think that becomes decadery. Yeah, if you go early at a festival, you can get a really good spot in the middle. But what that doesn't legislate for is the changing mood throughout the course of the evening. So we've, we've thinking, oh, this is good, quite near the stage, not too close. And then it absolutely goes mental. So we did that at uh, Catfish in the Bottle men once. Normally we were at the nice. front for Catfish in the Bottle men at the side, because I can hold onto the barrier and then the kids can stand inside yeah. me. So I'm like a human shield to them. And that works for everybody, apart from the shorter people behind us. But I've been there a while, so they know what they're getting themselves yeah. in for. But when it kicks off into just this enormous mosh pit, I remember trying to navigate the buggy out of a mosh pit and people were looking at me like, what are you doing? How did this even happen? As I was lost and I was just going for a walk in the countryside and I'd accidentally stumbled into this 10,000 strong mosh pit that was going on in the field. And we also did it for Dizzy Rascal um, well, at the same festival, but a different year. And it was absolutely amazing because when people realise you've got a kid, they either react one of two ways. They either go, what the hell have you brought a kid in here for? Or they think it's the most amazing thing that they've ever seen. So Zach, when I've been at gigs, by the way, when I've got the kids and I will pick them up, but I don't put them up on my shoulders because that is dickheadery. As a tall man anyway, I shouldn't be making it even yeah. taller. So yeah. I draw the line mm-hmm. of that one, even though they want to. I, what I do is I hold them in my arms and the lactic acid that's burning by the end of the gig is like nothing I've ever felt before. I don't know why I'm not ripped, just from going to these gigs. <laughs> and not. Obviously, it's just pain without the actual... Um, strengthened that goes Benefit. along with it but people will just come and high five the kids all the time particularly if they're singing along and they're just going oh my god you're the coolest kid ever your parents are amazing and I'm, <laughs> kids, I'm not amazing I'm probably irresponsible but I'm glad you're enjoying it I think that's a cool thing to do take your kids to gigs it... not many parents yeah got I, I think so I'd have loved yeah. it if I was a kid and my mum was taking me to these places but I remember the words said to me by a group of 15 year olds one hungover morning why the fuck have you brought your kids to Leeds Festival? <laughs> <laughs> what about those people that throw pints of piss around at gigs? Oh. I remember Sally saying, like, why do people waste a full pint of beer? I just don't understand it. And I was just like, one day you will. Um, and at a concert, when one of those pints of warm beer hit her and she realised that it, that was actually piss. Um, and, uh, th- yeah, uh. was, but why would you do That's just such a bad-natured thing to do. At what point would you think that that's okay? It's not okay. At is what it? point would you think, right? I'm gonna throw a pint of my own piss at a full crowd of people. Like that's yeah. You, it just you wouldn't do it on a bus. No. Do you know what the thing is as well? Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it falls out on the way, but it's not even a full pint, Alex. It's normally like about half a pint, and the reason it's half a pint is that then it gives it gives the glass more direction as well because you want the weight in once at one end so that it it sort of hits down. On the heavy end and explodes more. You know Because what you don't this. want is for it to turn over in midair and it just sort of rains down everyone. You want it to hit and explode. Um, well, no, I've just I've just sort of thought about it a bit. I've only actually experienced it once at a gig, <laughs> and I didn't. Don't mean I experienced it in. I didn't throw and I didn't receive any pits. Um, <laughs> uh, I just saw people doing. I observed the piss throwing, um, but it's not even a full pint, which suggests. 
that people don't even have to put it in a cup. It's not like, oh, I really need to pee, got nowhere to go, I'm going to piss in this pint, now what shall I do with this full pint of piss? It's like someone's thought, I'll piss on the floor, but I'm going to get some in a cup so I can throw it. Yeah, so it's with intent, it's, isn't it? It's premeditated, yeah. piss throwing. <laughs> So, yeah, suddenly your tall people don't seem quite so bad, do we? Well, I was going to say the take-home from this episode, I think, is that we really need to be wary of premeditated piss-throwing and <laughs> um, newbie tolls. Yeah. Get with Second-gen tolls. Second-gen tolls and, uh, and, and, and premeditated <laughs> piss-throwing. Well, maybe what we could do is the people that insist upon filming all of the gig... That, that could be used as surveillance footage for us to yeah. really clamp down on the piss throwers and they yeah. can all go to that special place in prison. I mean, if you're getting five years for stealing a phone, I think it's at least a 10 stretch for chucking your piss. <laughs> and on that <laughs> political note, let's wrap things up. So, um, but but before we, before we do, um, I've got a little something that I want to share with, with our community. We really do... Uh, we really do appreciate the fact that people listen to this. They keep continuing to interact. They keep giving us ideas and content, which makes sure that we're talking about the things you're interested in. And it be, hopefully makes for a more interesting show. So with that in mind, I've written a little haiku. D-bad fans are smart. Always they know what to do. Like, subscribe, review. Nice. Excellent. Nice. Slick. Yeah. I think a haiku needs a twist in the third line, oh. strictly speaking. Well, I, I made sure it had the five, seven, five syllables. Yeah, but I think, I think it also has to have a bit of a twist in the final line. D-bad fans are smart. Three, two, one. I once bought a horse. <laughs> like, subscribe. <laughs> 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 <laughs>